As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the award-winning Giving Out Loud podcast with Grace Lanny. Launched as All About That Brand in 2017, Grace is known as the cause brand influencer for entrepreneurs. She loves showing you how to discover, share, and light up your cause with your brand. Grace interviews entrepreneurs impacting their cause, as well as CEOs of social commerce companies and executive directors of nonprofits who are making a difference with their brands. Listen for special offers within and at the end of the podcast today from Grace, our guests, and our sponsors. Join me in welcoming Grace Lanny. It's Friday morning, and you and I are going to spend some time with Saul Paul. Hello, good morning. Hello, hello, Grace. How are you? I am awesome. I'm so thrilled that you hopped on with us today. This podcast has been rolling for almost five years, and we've been talking about why branding is important for businesses. And as of January, we're making this huge shift to focus on giving back because if you're a business owner, in the world, if you're not giving back to your community, you're missing the point. And pretty much anyone who is a millennial, Gen Z, and those kids that you're talking to in those middle schools when they come out and on fire, they're going to want to know how we're giving back to the community. Don't you think? I concur. Yeah. If you have corporate social responsibility is so important. It's the basis. It's the basic. And it's a new world. Not only is it good business, it's good for business. And it's just doing good. And it's amazing how these young people, it's just expected as well. Yeah, absolutely. And corporate social responsibility is such a big phrase, right? You know, it's something that comes out of the marketer's handbook. So I'm going to throw that out. And I'm going to ask you, what's it really mean to you for a business? We live in the land of social responsibility and give back, right? We're in Austin, Texas. So our world is different than a lot of other people. And so... Tell us what it means to you. If you don't want to use corporate social responsibility, I like to use shared vocabulary because, I mean, that's how they do it in the business world. Me, I'm on an entirely different level. I'm just a change maker. Like, I just love people. All I want to do is be the change. And my take on that is the fact is we're all born on the same planet. The truth is we each live in our own world. And I encourage people to be the change in the world they live in. I'm an artist. I'm a Grammy-nominated artist, best-selling author, popular keynoter, three-time TED talker. 
a bunch of other stuff. I like words. And so it's like, what do they really mean? And so that's my creative way of saying, be like self-responsible. Recognize that it's not like if they would change and if they would do that and if this business would do this better and if that government, that politician would do this, like that sounds good. And it's like, it's really pointing the finger and shifting responsibility. And the reality is we each, 7 billion people on the planet, we each live in our own world. And the truth is we're responsible to be the change in the world we live in. That puts a different weight on people. Because now it's like, well, so if my neighborhood is impacted negatively and I'm not doing anything about it, maybe it's not my city council member's fault solely or exclusively. Maybe I have a part to play in that. If my company isn't doing the best and being responsible, being a good corporate citizen, then maybe that's not just on my company. Maybe that's on me because I'm a part of this company. And that changes everything. So that's what I'm all about. And I started that way. And then I realized to be able to scale that, to be able to create this significant impact that I desired to create, that in being in the business, I built a business around that. So for me, instead of like, yeah, I have a business, let's make sure we give back. It was like, no, all I do is give back and I want to be able to support the work that we do and have big change. So let's build a business around what's natural for us and what we do. So that's my approach to it. So in the process of chatting with you, I just got woken up in that regard. Just before COVID hit, almost two years now, and in January, a couple of years ago, I was ready to do something different. And I started looking for something new. And I decided to hop on a docuseries. They wanted me as an entrepreneur to join nine other entrepreneurs I didn't know from around the world to solve a social problem. It was actually cyberbullying was the one they wanted me to do in concert with my daughter. So they wanted these mother-daughter teens to tackle this big social problem. It's a reality show, my cause and nine other causes. So 10 different causes on film, four days, solve the problem or don't, right? So this is the premise of the show. And I went from being someone who was on the show to being the executive producer of the show. Mm. And that was, call it the COVID gift. One thing led to the other, led to the other. They needed people who understood how to put teams together. They needed someone who understood entrepreneurship and could help this new studio do its thing. And, you know, executive producers, our job is to bring in the money. And so we were able to raise that couple million dollars for that show. We filmed in June. The studio went forward to do what it was doing. And my job was done. And I was left standing there. After speaking with thousands of entrepreneurs around the world, and every one of them had a cause they cared about, but they didn't know how to take action on that cause. They didn't know whether to partner with a nonprofit or maybe they wanted to create a new company and we're going to make it a B Corp or, you know, we're going to do this social commerce thing. We're going to be a Tom Shoes kind of company where we are making something or selling something and also giving back at the same time. And so I was hungry for being in that conversation. I didn't want to go back to just branding. I wanted to point my business branding at social cause. And that's why we launched Giving Out Loud. And, you know, as I'm looking in my backyard, which I'm a huge fan of, single mom, raised my kids, by myself from the time they were two and four after being widowed. Long story, another podcast. (laughs) And the punchline there is I didn't 
have access to the support that's available today. Mm. And so helping other single moms, that's one of my causes. I'm a musician. I'm a classically trained musician and meeting another classically trained musician who has my instrument is the piano. Uh, Yeah. You know, I actually play on stage and I'm in that world a little bit. And I sit on a nonprofit board for the Horizon Music Foundation. And we empower women, not just young women like Alexia, but women who want to get on stage because, you know, there's a little bit disparity between the women on stage and the dudes on stage. So we want to elevate them. And so I just applaud you because you haven't left anything out. You're giving back full steam. You've built your business around it. You've just come out with a new product. And I just caught you on LinkedIn this morning, right? What a great story that you had about this woman. Share with our listeners what happened on that phone call. Yeah, the educator. Specifically, she was a school nurse. Myself, there has to be a background before I get to share that story. The background is I'm a graduate of the prestigious University of Texas at Austin. Graduated from the School of Communications, Radio, Television, Film. I'm a storyteller by trade. But anyway, before I graduated from UT with a 4.0, I was convicted of four felonies and sat in the Texas State Penitentiary. And as I sat in prison, I realized that life is a sum total of the choices you make. So myself, I grew up in at-risk youth. Side note, all youth are at risk. Anyone is actually at risk of making poor choices. But anyway, myself, I was considered an at-risk youth. My mom died when I was three. My dad, I've never met him. He was gone before I was born. I was in foster care. An amazing woman adopted me and raised me, my grandmother, Pearlie. But she raised me in the ghetto in Houston. And then she ultimately passed away before I graduated high school. I was 17 years old. She passed away. At the same time, I got arrested the first time. I got arrested by the FBI. By the time I was 20, convicted of three additional felonies and got sent to the penitentiary. So here I am sitting in the penitentiary and I realized that life is a sum total of the choices you make. And I realized that if I had this epiphany, that if I realized if I changed my choices, I could change my life. And I did. And God blessed me. So I get out the penitentiary. I got accepted to the prestigious University of Texas at Austin and I graduated. That's my why. And many times, whether it's individual or it's corporate, people need to know their why. Because whatever you do will be challenging, should be laborious. It will. If you have a big vision, it's going to be a long road and you have to like know what your why is. That's what keeps you motivated. So myself, my why is I'm like, wow, a lot of people attempted to communicate the right thing to me, the right information to me as that youth. But they ultimately were bad marketers. They didn't speak my language. And when people do good, often there's this arrogant spirit, really, where people are like, well, I'm the one in the good position, they're in the bad position, and so I'm trying to help them and they should get it because they need my help. And that leads to poor marketing. And that's what happens a lot with at-risk youth and because people think like they're riding in on the white horse and going to be the savior. And it's like you haven't figured out how to connect and communicate with your audience. And because of that, they might not hear you. So I'm sitting in prison and I had this epiphany and I'm like, wow, this is what Vice Principal Johnson meant. This is what Coach Gabe meant. This is what Mrs. Rodriguez meant, like a teacher. This is what my uncle meant. Because all these adults had attempted to communicate to me and it didn't connect. It didn't click. And it's not to blame them. It was just poor marketing. But here I am in prison and it wasn't good marketing. So I'm like, oh, so once I graduate, I realize that, oh, I'm a communicator. Like I speak the language. I know how to solve a problem that they couldn't. 
I know how to say what needs to be said in a way where young people hear it. That was over a decade ago. Since then, I've impacted a million youth across the globe, been to hundreds of schools, dozens of districts, worked with amazing corporate partners and did all this great stuff. Anyway, cool. So that's my company. Myself as an artist, I'm multi-talented. And this all feeds into marketing and how it had to come together because I'm multi-talented. I know what I'm bad at. I can't swim. Can't help you shoot the three-pointer. I went skiing for the first time last March. It wasn't that much fun. I didn't like it. I got tired of fun. So that's what I suck at. What I'm good at is communication. What I'm good at is being able to craft a message for an audience, communicating it so that they hear it. Now, what they do with it, once they hear it, that's different. And so myself, I'm a, an artist, a speaker, an author, a trainer. But out of all these things, I've also had to discover that, yes, it sounds good to say I'm this, 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 and this. But when you're really talented in multiple things, most people don't appreciate that. There's a phrase like jack of all trades, master of none. That's so offensive to me, but I get it. Most people aren't that talented. So when people can't appreciate it, they tear down. They're like, you're doing too much. Like, no, like I'm Grammy nominated. Again, best seller. I say these things because I believe there are other talented, passionate individuals. There was a time when I tried to fit into a certain box. And I just realized like that's why entrepreneurship is so powerful. Being an entrepreneur, it's like, cool, I don't have to explain myself to you anymore. Like the rules of this game are whatever game you play, whatever you do in life, there are rules to the game. And I've discovered that when you win, then you can do what you want to do. And that's a powerful little nugget there, too, because many times the oppressed will recognize reality and see unjust system. The fact that I'm black, the fact that I'm an orphan, the fact that my mom died, my, that I grew up in foster care, that I don't know who my dad was, that I grew up in poverty, that I was arrested as a juvenile, that I went to the penitentiary as an adult. All of these are things that should exclude me from being able to be successful in the corporate world. Yet my client list is Dell, Facebook, Google, Johnson & Johnson, and many other companies. And it's like, if I fill out a job application that works there, I figure I couldn't get a job as a janitor. But instead, I get booked to be a keynote, a performer, or a trainer at organizations like that. But I realize that, again, success is privilege. And I like to share that because we say in this world now where there's so much talk about privilege, and it's like, well, one, we can all have privilege, figure out what that is. And then more so, who cares if you have privilege? What do you do with it? And all this leads up to the nurse that called me just yesterday. So I've been doing this for over a decade. She calls and she was so surprised that I answered the phone. This happens all the time. Like, yeah, I run a company. I have an employee, and teammates and people that work and this and that. I like to be in control. I don't know. Maybe it's being an only child. Maybe it's being an entrepreneur. I'm like, I like to be in control so uh, of what I can control. And so I don't want to miss an opportunity. I'm so passionate about what I do. So my phone number is on the website. So she calls. I answer the phone. She's like, oh, oh, this is Sao Paul. I'm like, yeah. And she was like, well, I'm calling. I can hear the distress in her voice. And she's like, I'm at such and such school. I'm the nurse. That was insightful. Nurses don't usually call to book speakers to go to school. What that told me is that this is a person that just has a great heart. That cares. She's going above and beyond right now. Like that, I already caught it. I saw. Her. She said that. I'm like, why are we talking? Two, like, why are you calling? Is what I'm thinking. And then I heard the distress in her voice. She's just like, I'm at my school, and it's crazy. These kids have so much potential, but they're vaping. They're using drugs. There's like drugs in school. There's vaping. There's fights. There's suspensions. So much disrespect. It's just terrible. And then we have some staff that don't get it, and it's just bad. And then I shared. I encourage to share some words of hope, sharing my story. I like to share my story because I cleaned up well. 
And if I didn't tell it, then people would be like, oh, yeah, look at him. He sold this and he sold that and yay. And it was like, no, I was the worst of the worst. I couldn't even stay in school when I was in school. Middle school and high school, I was so bad, I couldn't participate in extracurricular activities. They were literally like, we will call the cops if you're found on campus after school is over. Because like I was that mischievous. I was that bad. I was the worst. Teachers would see me come down the hall. And, there he is. There he goes. And so for me to have this transition that I've had, I make sure that we give back. And at the end of the day, we were able to encourage this educator, this person that had a heart, this change maker, support her and get a date on the books to be able to go to impact the thousand students at her school, especially when she was like, so what do you charge? And my response is a lot. I'm good at what I do. But that's irrelevant. Like, when do you want me to come? Because I realize that business can be a great opportunity for change. So that's why like, I do business so that we can do outreach and, and serve so that we remove the responsibility for the people that we want to serve. And probably I'm totally making this up, right? So she's a nurse and she's got a kid in the nurse's office, maybe was bullied or was afraid to go to class or was sick again or whatever, fill in the blank. This kid really touched her. And she didn't know how to take action. She called somebody who knew you, right? Yeah. And connected you together. Exactly. They were like, yeah, so, you know, said call you. I'm like, I don't even know what to do. I just loved her heart. Like people like that moved me. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the key things about your programming is that you're not just putting the kids in the room and playing guitar for them. Absolutely not. You're bringing in the teachers. You're bringing in the administrators but you're also bringing in the parents. So what made you think to do that? I think one, teamwork makes the dream work. You know, if you're on earth, you're in community. Like no one person is an island. There's a network, an ecosystem around every person, whether it be good, bad, whether it be effective or ineffective. And so that's why we don't want to just change the students' lives because like they still have to go back. Their home life makes a difference. The school environment makes it different. What happens in the classroom, what happens in the school. And each one of those people are like different players in the ecosystem. So as much as we can get the ecosystem, get the players in the ecosystem on the same page, then we can create an environment that's conducive for the success of the student. Just like a plant, right? Like you can have a seed, but then you have to have it in the right soil. The soil has to be in the right place. So maybe there's some sunlight. There has to be water. It's not just about I have a seed and I can sow it. There's a world around it that and a bevy of things that need to happen so they can be successful. Well, and if you go in, how many times have there been programs in schools where rah, rah, X, Y, Z, and then the person leaves and nothing happens, right? So how do you set the stage for change? Sustainability. I discovered business. Business was not my goal, but I realized that so many principles from the business world apply to social good. And can be applied like in business, it's about like scalability and sustainability, right? Like I got tired of hearing it when I initially came in because it would always be like, how do we scale? How do we scale? Especially because me, I was like dealing with individual lives of children. And I'm like, I'm not worried about scaling. I'm worried about this child's life. But I kept hearing it so much like scale and then sustainability. And that's what you just mentioned. And it's like, how do we create that in the schools so that it's not just this moment but how do we create a network? How do we create the system? And we've programmed that into the outreach that we do and the programming that we do and create that so that, I mean, that's just team building. Teams are, that's why I love watching excellent sports franchises 
that win consistently. Because it's not about the sport. It's about, like, how did that coach do that? Like, if we're talking about college team, he gets new players on average at least every five years. And, right? And it's, like, less than that generally. And it's, like, but if he gets the same results, if she gets the same results every year, just like in business, like every year things change. Like how do companies succeed when there's a pandemic, even though you had to pivot? How did we go from doing live events to doing virtual events? It flies everywhere. It sure does, doesn't it? Give us one nugget. Like all of a sudden you probably were scheduled on stage somewhere. <laughs> you were supposed to fly somewhere and then all of a sudden you weren't able to. So tell us, you're an entrepreneur, right? You're in the club of the people who listen to this show. So you're an entrepreneur, all of a sudden, at least one, if not the whole, for me, it was the whole year got wiped in 15 days. The date was March 13th, 2020. I remember it. It's like, I'm in Austin, Texas, live music capital, South by Southwest. When nobody knew what a Corona was or COVID or whatever, like, what? I don't know. Like, we we hear about this type of stuff all the time. They're like, talking about canceling South by, that's crazy. They'll never do that. And then they did on the 6th. And then there's, oh, my God, there were cowards. They shouldn't have canceled. And everybody has an opinion, whatever, right? Like it was, And then that was on March 6th. The next week, March 13th, is when the world shut down. Hindsight's 2020, like, wow, they were genius to not have South by. But that was separate. But that really impacted me because of my business. Like, I'm known as a live dynamic performer. Whether it's a keynote or a concert, we do live events and festivals, conferences, produce them, participate in them. So when COVID hits, my entire business literally just like you said, like, oof. And it was very interesting because what it made me do, now I've always wondered about that side note because it kind of got the club of entrepreneurs. It's funny how people want to, like myself, I always had this unique vision, right? I'm positive, I'm inspirational. I rap, sing, play guitar, I use a loop pedal. It's very dynamic. People don't understand it. It sounds cool to people like, oh, that's so amazing. I don't know what to do with it. So it was hard to establish myself because people didn't understand it. And then it goes from like, what are you doing? To, hey, what you're doing is great. To like, wow, everybody should know about you. And then once everybody knows about me and now I'm, what I like to say, it's better to be overbooked than overlooked. And so like my calendar was full. I'm on a plane every other weekend. I'm living my life, living my best life, getting paid to live my dream. And I'm going everywhere. And, and at this point, pre-pandemic, people are now like, I bet you get tired of getting on planes and and staying in hotel, and it's so weird. Like, wow, like I just share that with an entrepreneur. That's why you need to know what you're doing because people are like, wow. Mm-hmm. People were like, you should be able to. I hope you get to go across the world, and you go across the world, and they're like, you travel too much. And I'm just like, you have to be able to shut down the noise. Like, I'm living my best right. life. I love it. And then they're like, you're not going to always be able to do that. In so many other words, one day you'll be old and you can't do that. And I'm like. I want to be like Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson was like 85 plus pre-pandemic. And I knew what he was doing any weekend. He was out somewhere performing and touring. And I was like, when he figures it out, when he has to worry about it, I'll worry about it because he has me by a handful of decades. Anyway, (laughs) back to the pandemic. Pandemic hits, boom. I'm like, okay, wow. I thought I had like 40 years to get here. And now I need to figure out what his life looked like. And it really made me understand what service I actually provide which isn't a live dynamic performance. It's I entertain, I inspire, I empower. And come to find out it translated well via virtual. And come to find out I was busier. My last two years in the pandemic have been my best two years. I like to make people uncomfortable. I'm cool with it. I've had a good pandemic. Like when it should have been, but that's also what's necessary when you're an entrepreneur. That's why I'm not an artist. I'm an entrepreneur because you have to pivot. Right. It was your COVID gift. 
I know you're enjoying our guests. I'm breaking in to introduce you to our sponsor. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm sure you are loving this conversation. Appreciate you for subscribing and sharing your favorite episode on social. If you are interested in learning more about how to give back to your cause on LinkedIn, check out bit.ly forward slash impact your cause. The link is in the show description. Impact Your Cause is a free course to help you think through the best cause for your brand and how to share it smartly. You'll get a short email and video seven days in a row to ensure you're ready to impact your cause. If you are already impacting your cause and would like to be a sponsor or a guest on our show, email info at givingoutloud.live and we'll be sure to share your business and your cause with our audience. Now, let's get back to the show. I'm doing my own film, my own first short film right now. And we're like tomorrow, the last little nugget we're doing on Megaphone, right? To get this last little piece that we want to include that basically tells the story of this new show that we're doing, the Giving Out Loud show. And the people that are interested, these entrepreneurs, like I said, these thousands of entrepreneurs, right? We've all... Even back while we've been doing our some kind of business, right? Whether that's natively social aspect. I mean, initially as a single mom, I became an entrepreneur to feed my kids, right? That was my gift. Doing so many amazing, successful other ones like like necessity. Yeah, necessity is a powerful motivation. The market was in the crapper. I didn't know what I was going to do. And so I made it up, right? (laughs) You know, entrepreneurs, we make shit up. We do it all the time. We try different things. I think this might work. You say you have this problem. I think I can solve it this way. And if I do, here's what you get to share with me, right? Here's what you pay me. And that journey turned into a venture investment, turned into me being a million dollar CEO in my 30s. Like what? None of that made any sense. Being an executive producer on a TV show makes no sense. And I feel like all those things have led me to this place so that I can empower entrepreneurs to give back in the way they want to, not the way that some director says they have to, but the real native way that they want to. And I want to just applaud you, Sal Paul, for doing exactly that. You're like a beacon for entrepreneurs that I talk to. I mean, I just want to put you right in my marketing material. If if you wonder what it looks like to be that person, here you go. Here's your man. And so tell us about the water. I see it right there. So give us the story behind the water and how it helped the nurse at the school. Exactly. Yeah, I love it. When you reached out and it was like branding, like branding such a powerful thing. That's a whole different power brand and what that means. So and me, I'm branded up right now. So behind me is my SP logo. That's what came first, Saul Paul. And then on my hat, yes, Saul Paul, my name even represents change. In the Bible, the apostle Paul, before his name was Paul, his name was Saul. He had a life transformation. He went from Saul to Paul. He met Jesus' life change. That was me when I was in prison. That's where my name comes from. So Saul Paul, everything I do always has meaning. So SP, Saul Paul. Then I started to be the change. I explained what that meant earlier. The fact is we all stay on the same planet. The truth is we each live in our own world. Pause. There's a big difference between fact and truth. And that's why I like to highlight that because a fact is a fact. Like it's indisputable we're on earth. Whether it's flat around, I don't know, that's other people's 
argument now. You know people are like debating that. People will find anything to debate. I don't know. But the fact is we live on earth. The truth is, like, truth is subjective. I see it this way. You see it that way. But the truth is we're each in our own world, and we can all be the change in the world we live in. So I started Be The Change, which is a lifestyle brand, in 2016. We've impacted so many since then, as I've had the chance to tell my story and entertain, inspire, and empower. And then that led to the launch of Change Water. So you have Be The Change, and we have Change Water. Change Water is premium electrolyte water. It's sourced in Texas. It's pH balanced with electrolytes. It's boosted with oxygen, so it has this flavor profile that's a little different. It feels lighter, tastes better. It has this little sweet taste. It's healthy for you. I didn't know that water could. There are different levels of healthiness to water, but I did a deep dive. I don't do anything that I'm not informed in. So I also thought about, like, I wanted to get into CPGs, and I was like, what's a CPG? that I could go into that makes sense. And so what I discovered inadvertently being a musician is that music is this universal language. As I've traveled to Europe, as I've traveled to different continents, different countries, and been amongst people who don't even speak the same language, and I could perform music, and like they connect and they get it, I discovered, like, wow, music is this powerful universal language. One, and two, it brings people together. So I saw the CPG that could do the same. And I realized that water is this universal thing. For humans, our bodies mainly composed of water. We all need water. Uh, and then it brings us together. So our company is simple. We donate 50% of our profits to local nonprofits, which connects back to that sustainability piece. My goal was simply to create sustainability because I would go travel somewhere. If we're talking just the U.S., I go to Miami and they're like, please move to Broward County. We need you here. Like Dade County. If I go to Arkansas, they're like, hey, you ever think about moving to Little Rock? And I'm like, no, I did not. I go to New York and I'm like, yeah, Southern hospitality is real. I don't want to live here. So I can go to all these places and I want to live in Austin. But I'm like, how can we create change in these various places across the country? That's why, again, we went to CPGs. That's why we did Change Water. And now we have distribution and we're working on distributing it across the country and working with amazing local nonprofits that serve young people, primarily foster youth and at-risk youth. I love it. I love it. And I can remember when I left the corporate world, I wanted to get reconnected in Austin because I was on a plane all the time. I didn't know who the people were that owned various companies here. I wanted to know them. And I thought I need to be in a networking group. I need to be in a woman's group and I need to be on a nonprofit board. You know, I don't know. I read it somewhere. And that was my brilliant idea. And so I went and sat in on these nonprofit boards and I just realized that they weren't for me. And I wanted to give back. I just didn't have a vehicle. I didn't have something that resonated with me. And I didn't have enough understanding of what was possible, right? You know, the first one that that hit me, I read Blake McCoskey's book, Start Something. Yep. Sorry. It's pretty amazing what he did. Start no, something. just like what he did in general. Yeah. He innovated. Yeah. And then he went on to do more. He went on to do other things. Other people took over. It didn't quite gel. They brought somebody new in to clean house, which I love. I mean, sometimes when you have big teams and you scale, stuff happens and you have to step in and clean house, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah, absolutely. So the fact that you're so plugged in to the messaging aspect, mm. to the story, you know, I'm an engineer. How did I get to be in marketing? Because nobody could 
tell the marketing people what the engineering people were doing. So I was the bridge, right? Bridge. That, that's kind of my valuable position. Yeah. And it was a lot more fun hanging out with the marketing people in the afternoons than it was <laughs> listening to the engineers in the morning. You know, the engineers made the whole thing go. So God bless them. But that's not where I wanted to spend my time. And so when I think about branding and the journey of going from being an engineer to being in marketing, to being a musician, to being a rugby player in college. I mean, there's just all these aspects I did. I'm an eight. I just discovered rugby mainly because I'm on the board. I'm the board president for the Austin Music Foundation, amazing nonprofit that serves musicians and helps them live their best lives. But we had a partnership with AG Rugby. I was also booked to perform. And so anyway, that was my introduction to rugby less than a year ago. And I was like, oh, my God. Wow. This is like football, it's a cool game, this is football without pads mixed with some soccer. Like, OK, yeah, it's another level. And so well, there's two parts you? to the game. <laughs> two parts to the game. The first part is what's on the field. The second part is the party. So even if you lose the game, it's possible. To win the party. Ah. You know, you got to remember, you went back to my college days, right? So that's a whole new world. And normally when you meet another rugger, you're supposed to swap your shirts in that moment, but I'll save you that adventure. <laughs> so branding, I love to ask a couple questions of my guests that are on the show. And so the first question is MTV, right? You remember that with the I, I, go I back like in time? Like, I knew MTV was like, it's so cool to be around kids and be like, there's this TV show you never heard. You might have never heard it. It was called MTV. They used to play music videos. And I'm like, what? Yeah, I was like, it didn't. Yeah, now they even <laughs> play music videos, just reality TV. Right. I know they used to play music videos. Right, right. That's right. The original, the original music videos, you watch them now and they're so bad. Anyway, so if you rewind tape, you're a young person. What was the first thing, whether it was a pair of shoes or whether it was an album <laughs> album <laughs> what was the first thing that you absolutely had to have wow so much so much i wanted i don't know if what was first was it nintendo or was it a cd player i guess i'll say let's say it was music it was a cd player that was a big deal yeah that was a big deal i remember when my cousins came when i got introduced to hip-hop like i was listening to weird al bruce springsteen the fat boys cindy lopper and my cousins came from the other side of town. It was like a scene from a movie. And the family was in the front. We were in the back. And they looked left and they looked right. And I'm playing Eat It by Weird Al. And they're like, dude, take that out. Listen to this. And then they played hip hop. It was, they played NWA. They played a song, <laughs> Dope Man. It changed my life. When I look back and I'm like, wow. And so that was like my introduction to music, like hip hop, which this has impacted my life and why I do what I do, how I do it now. But more so, like tapes, you know, fast forward, reverse, auto reverse. That Walkman was amazing. But then wanting like that thing when it's like, man, I want a Walkman. What would it be like to be able to just skip to a song versus like fast forward? Like, shh, and shh, yeah, and then flip it over. You went too far. Go back. So, yeah, let's say a CD player. What about the first person, whether it was a musician or maybe a superhero or like, who did you connect with first? Whew, these are some great questions. Wow. You and Oprah, y'all got it together. Let me see. What popped this in my head was Michael Jordan. 
Yeah. Yeah. I remember like middle school making a statue like an art class of the iconic, what is this, the Jordan brand logo now? I guess I even knew then marketing. I didn't know it was marketing, but I was able to identify like, that's a big deal, that Jumpman logo. I felt like I could fly. I used to wear, I went from wearing pro wings to wearing Jordans. That would have been like the second thing that I'm like, I gotta have, I gotta have. You know, you get that. I remember jumping off the couch. I'm like, I swear I just jumped farther and higher. So yeah, but the person I looked up to was Jordan. The posters were on the wall, tongue hanging out. That was special. Yeah, I didn't have too many posters on the wall. I used to have posters of Michael Jordan and Macintoshes. Ah, yeah. very cool. That was a dream. I love it. And so now you've like completely combined two different musical aspects together. And I got to tell you, I had myself and someone who's almost 70 and someone in their 20s. Three of us were listening to one of your tunes and every one of us are like, oh my God, this is amazing. So I got to tell you, for the person who's almost 70 to like rap of any sort is like That's my goal. Immense That's freedom. Intergenerational is, is the word people have used. Well, and, and the conversation. Yeah. The conversation in Rise is all about what it's like to be an entrepreneur. Hey, you caught that. And, you caught that. Wow. And the power that it gives you, you know, that whole spidey thing, right? With great power comes great responsibility. That's exactly. And you even dropped the spinach Popeye thing. I'm like, this guy has got it together. I like his stuff. It's, I like the story. So cool. I like the conversation. It's memorable and it's melodic. So it's not just about noise or rap or the electronic aspect, right? It's very, very welcoming and melodic. So I'm a big fan and I listen to your stuff all the time. You caught me when I got on our session today. I was just hanging up on YouTube of one of your songs. So I'd love for you to share something with us. I love it. I don't know what I'll share. Let me figure it out. But it's so cool that you picked up the song Rise Speaks to Entrepreneurship. That song was written for an entrepreneurship conference called Rise that took place years and years ago. And, you know, they asked me to perform and I'm like, okay, I I like to, well, this is a conference on entrepreneurship. I write a song. So it's cool that you picked up on that. That's what's so cool about a movie. It's like like watching Spider-Man. That's based on a comic strip and, and a superhero. But then you watch and it has these layers to it. Like, whoa, that was about personal responsibility that was about integrity that was about encouraging yeah there are layers there so it's cool that you picked up on that you see um maybe i should just do that song all right so this will be cool um i want to give folks the full experience it's okay to be different. That's the name of my last album. My albums usually speak to, there's, there's a bigger theme around it. And it was like, especially as an entrepreneur, maybe more so as a visionary, because people like to share about stuff. It's like hearing your story even from engineer to marketing to movie producer, executive producer to this, to like this journey, but you lean into it. And so many times people struggle with like I have a song called I Can Only Be Me because so many times people like they want to be something or do something or they see something and the reality is they're more scared to become the thing that they actually want to be. 
instead of just leaning into it. And so you're inspiring because it's like you've had these various phases and seasons. And from hearing you talk, you just lean into it. Like, okay, this is where I'm at now. Okay, this is where I'm at now. Uh, it's not without the fear, man. It's not without it. But isn't that what you courage is? Right? Like courage is like yeah. being fearful, but doing it anyway. That's what makes us courageous. It's not that it wasn't there. Yeah. So I'm different. So yeah, let me give you a snapshot of, of it all. I'm going to do it like... Uh, so I'm going to beatbox this. You can't see it. I'm, you only see me in this little square here. And that's fine. Just know I have some stuff that's out of frame. You can't see all the viewers out there. One of them is called a loop. You got to get the loop going so yeah, we yeah, can I'm gonna get, it. I'm going to get the loop going. All right. So let me see. Uh, all right. All right. Now you get it. You're a musician, right? That was for the non-musical people. Like some people can't like play all 88 keys and do all that other stuff that you do. I forgot that part in the midst of your journey. Like marketer, musician, movie uh, producer. I like alliteration, so I'm just gonna stick with the M's. Mom as well. I'm throwing another M in there. Mom, there it is. All right. Let me see. Uh, this is cool. so much for sharing that with us because it's really what this show is all about. Having the podcast is to get connected with the folks that have been following me all this time. And we're rolling out a new course for people. You know, you talk about that scalability, that sustainability. So we're going to record the first one live. They get to be on there with me. And then following 
it'll be evergreen, right? Evergreen. People can plug in, they can figure out what their cause is, they can validate it, they can figure out the structure that they want to give back in. And just supporting people like you and me who give a hoot, right? I love it. Thank you for what it is that you do, the trail that you're blazing. I look forward to staying connected beyond this point. We have to have a coffee off camera. I want to know more about all the things that you're working on. What 2022, aka 2022, has in store for you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's awesome. And I look forward to talking to you soon. I'll definitely, we'll get connected on the other side. I love it. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening today. Meet Grace at an upcoming speaking event around the world. Check out allaboutthatbrand.com forward slash events for the dates. Ready to light up your cause online today? Go to bit.ly forward slash impact your cause. The link is in the bio. Not sure about where to start? Check out the contact page on allaboutthatbrand.com website to reach out to the team. Subscribe to this podcast to catch Grace's next Giving Out Loud guests and how they empower their cause with their brand. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.